This is Dreadmat with the Campfire Conversationalist Podcast. If you're listening to this on the Anchor app or on a browser on anchor.fm, I have added uh, a couple of songs from the guest from today, Scott Bunn, uh, and his band, Porns. And I've also added uh, a Demon Hunter song as well. These are going to be at the end of the episode, and you can continue listening past the episode to listen to those songs. Um, they're only accessible if you go and listen to the podcast on uh, Anchor app or a browser, and you go to anchor.fm backslash campfire talk. Uh, thanks for listening, and have an awesome day. I'm Dread Matt, and I'm out. All right, so before we start this episode today, we'd like to thank Scott Bunn for coming on the show and for loaning us some of his music. Um, Scott, uh, his band is the band Foreigners. Um, you can check him out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, any pretty much any musical outlet. Um, you can also go look up his YouTube page, um, The Bun. And uh, go give him a listen, man. He's got some pretty good stuff. He's got a great YouTube channel. And uh, we hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, thanks, Scott. Thanks for loaning us some of your music. And we hope everyone enjoys it. Hey, how's it going? I'm The Bun, and you're listening to the Campfire Conversationalist Podcast. Cheers. And here we go. Thanks, everyone, for checking out the Campfire Conversationalist podcast. And today we've got a returning guest uh, because our conversation was pretty awesome last week and we wanted to continue. Uh, I don't want to say just where we left off because I don't remember where we were when we left off, to be honest with you. <laughs> we're just going to have another conversation because it was fun. Uh, so today we got Scott Bunn, um, a.k.a. The Bun. Um, and we're going to just kind of, uh, talk about whatever, uh, probably get a little bit into music since that's all three of us, John and, and Scott and I are all into metal and music and stuff like that. Metal. We'll probably we'll go that direction a little bit. Yeah. All right. So how's everyone doing tonight? Oh, sore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went to the gym and I'm old. Oh. So when I go to the gym, things start to creak and break. And yeah. fall off and it, it's never a pretty thing well i didn't go to the gym and i'm still sore so <laughs> i like every time i go i'm like i have this like moment where i'm like i regret life i regret right. my choices that i've made in my life and yeah. then i'm like why am i still doing this like you know i'm just and i have that like you you know when a kid like when their room is dirty and their parents will be like, hey, clean up your room. And they look at them and they're like, why? It's just going to get dirty anyways. Yeah. I have this constant <laughs> thought like when I go to the gym, the same exact thought. Like, why am I going to the gym? Eventually, I'm just going to get fat anyways. Like, when I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> like why not just enjoy the- <laughs> is that? Is that what we're calling the 12-year-old doctrine? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, why am I doing this to myself? It doesn't make any sense. But, yeah. So Scott, um, holy cow! Was was that feedback? No, I didn't hear anything. Okay. 
Um, Scott, why don't we uh, why don't we just get right into uh, you and your uh, your music and how you got into metal and everything like that? Crazy. Okay. Uh, it's a weird thing. I think my story is actually pretty similar, in a way similar to uh, Matt's. You know, I was very young. I was about seven years old, and it didn't come to me through like someone close who was in like in a band. My family was into music, but uh, when it comes to like the spark for me was heavy music. I think similar to a lot of people like us who like heavy music we usually found it pretty early i know a few people who found it later but um i found it really early it was the first thing that got me really excited about music and uh you know going down that path so i was about seven years old a cousin of mine was into kiss i was at his house and he had all these posters on his walls and i was like oh what is this and you gotta keep in mind this is 1975 yeah Uh, i'm pretty old i'm 47 years old so I don't know, I was like five, between five and seven years old, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I was seven. But yeah, these KISS posters, and it's kind of like if you walked into a kid's room today who had Marilyn Manson posters or, you know, whoever the, like Slipknot or whatever, like that fantastic, uh, they look like, like action figures, but they're real life and all that kind of stuff. So KISS was the thing for me initially. Uh, and then moving along I just wanted more of they had these hints of these heavier moments uh, but I just wanted more and wanted more but it didn't really exist back then Uh, and then in the late 70s or early 80s I finally heard uh, something more metal like I guess it would have been in the 80s Uh, Halica and I was on that quest for a long time and it was like the down picking palm muting i heard that and i was like what that's what i've been looking for it's been been waiting for uh and i also come like i guess backing up a little bit i also came from like um i guess would it be a christian family like a catholic family like my family was roman catholic so things things were a little bit rigid in terms of you know can't get too wild and all that kind of stuff uh they were very traditional uh, you know, devout Catholics. So, yeah. uh, uh, finding these things and enjoying these things was a little bit tricky. Uh, thankfully, my mom was really cool, and she's like really into art, and she comes from the side of my mu- my family who everybody is a musician. So she appreciated art and supported the interest in arts, even if the art was, you know slightly dangerous uh <laughs> yeah so it's weird to think of kiss as dangerous but it was for a lot of people uh but anyway moving along i yeah, i eventually found metallica and that just opened everything up you know the thrash metal phase of the early 80s uh kind of changed set the tone for everything i would do moving forward and i think metallica in general i'm not like a huge metallica fan now but I think they're like one of the more important bands ever in the history of metal. Probably one of the most important, whether you like them or not. Right. But their early stuff, uh, Injustice for All and uh, Master of Puppets, both of those albums were composed in a very classical manner. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of classical influence in it. And 
the complexity of the um, arrangements not really the complexity the sophistication of yeah. the arrangements was really interesting to me because you know you you grow up in a relatively conservative household and all you hear is like really safe stuff on the radio all the time mm-hmm. uh, and they don't even you know your family probably doesn't even put on music it's just the radio so uh You know, just really not expanding my mind. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I found this metal stuff, and it was very, uh, you know, visceral and had all this energy and uh, also very sophisticated. Mm-hmm. So I ran with it. And I ended up, I think what I'm doing now isn't really that different than what i sort of started with with that stuff like injustice for all is a very classical record i don't really like the drums on it but you know it's uh got a lot of classical influence in both the arrangement as well as like the harmonization and all that kind of stuff justice was one of my i don't know it was one of my favorite albums (laughs) that's a sick album dude (laughs) largely largely because like almost every song is like great for skateboarding too so oh, dude you skate yeah i mean not not so much anymore um but if if i could if i had the free time i totally would like i i was at a friend's house the other day and his daughter was going around a skateboard and i like looked over and i was like oh man yes <laughs> look at that nice <laughs> uh, yeah yeah all thrash no no slides though zero no slides what not a not a single nose slide really like t- tons of board slides and tail slides, but yeah. not one no slide. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so just wanted just to, to me. And uh, I just I never did. I just never skated. I wanted to. I was just a wannabe. <laughs> I I that was that was it's, everywhere I went at it, like from, you know, probably when I was about eight to the time I was about fifteen. Everywhere I went was on a skateboard. Yeah. Once I get a car, it started taking like the back seat, you know. But <laughs> and then you know, I and I always had a motorcycle around, so sometimes I would just strap the skateboard to the motorcycle and take the motor, you know, take it around with me. But yeah, it, later on, later teens, it started taking the back seat, unfortunately, because it was something I really loved to do. I mean, there was yeah. plenty of parking structures and stuff around where I used to live, so I'd just go up in those and. I could stay up there for hours. I remember sleeping on my board. I mean, (laughs) nice. I mean, everything. That thing just literally was my companion, you know, everywhere I went. And you always had, you always had defense, you know, you always had like some, some weapon to keep you safe. (laughs) (laughs) I've had the defense used against me. Really? Yeah. I had some like, you know, uh, these hockey player, like early drafted guys, that it's into the triple A or whatever. Like you know the the league, like two leagues down from NHL or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so the town that I come from is like a major hockey town, and a lot of stars kind of come out of that area and play on the, that team. It's called the Sudbury Wolves, and uh, every year. They back then, I think it's a lot more professional now, but back then they used to like get all the kids 
riled up and bring them around. And they had these initiations where they had to beat people up and stuff. And one year I was the target for that. No. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's like these skateboard guys, uh, go beat those guys up. Oh, old guys who have ta tasked the the younger the rookies uh, to go and do this. Wow. So it was going pretty good. I was a, I was pretty good at fighting. Uh, I didn't like fighting, but I was okay at it. And uh, I was doing pretty good, but then the boards got involved and then the board got pulled away from me and I started getting beaten with the board. Holy oh, crap. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's not good. Not good at all. But uh, I would like to think that uh, in the modern age, people who are in pursuit of sports are a lot more serious about it and uh, not so goonish. Yeah. So that's what I want to think. I hope I hope out there. <laughs> was that in the 80s or 90s when that happened? That would have been 80s. That would have been late 87, somewhere around there. Okay. We're getting a little bit of lag from, from I, I'm sure it's something just in the signal or too much overuse, but I'm trying to trying to make sure that I don't lose you at any point because you're like lagging behind right. and you'll speed back up real quick. So... So yeah, late. I notice you guys. I think it's overall because you guys are lagging coming in. Okay. Uh, I check my signal. I'm running real hot right now, so. Right. Mine's like medium. Yours like medium. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't as good as it was last week, but it's okay. Yeah, I'm sure it's just the bandwidth. Plus, we're <clears> connecting <throat> to Scott over in Canada, so I'm sure we're just losing yeah. a little bit of signal right there. You know, it not has, a big deal. It's got to travel through all the ice, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ice. Oh my goodness. And the and the big giant walls that have the uh, the monsters and dragons on them. It's true. Man. Like watch out. Can Canada's like a scary place. Dude. You're not Very you're serious. not kidding, man. That's there's some serious wildlife in Canada. Like I mean, I, I would I would be willing to bet not a lot of Canadians come to the United States to go elk hunting or moose hunting, but a lot of Americans go up there to go moose or elk hunting. Yeah, but I think like Pennsylvania is like a hunting zone. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of states I've seen. Uh, well, supposedly there's moose in Wisconsin. I've never seen one. It, if so, they're probably further north than I, where I'm at. Um, but. I've seen elk out west, and I've seen like whole herds, and they're it's amazing. They're like, yeah, bigger than horse. Yeah, oh, dude, they're so massive. Mm -hmm. and, and what's weird about those animals, like elk and moose, and even deer. Deer are the smaller of the three, but they're still quite massive. They're like a large, uh, full-grown buck, like male deer. Yeah. But what's crazy is when you watch them just take off. Through the bush, and they got these huge racks, and you know, on their head. But somehow they can tear through this really dense forest. And I'm yeah. just like, what is going on? What is the magic? Does it fold back in some way? I don't know. Like, super <laughs> weird. I know, because if I was wearing like a big Viking helmet, 
that thing is going to take me out. Like, oh, the moment yeah. I run yeah. through brush, <laughs> my horns are going to get caught on something, and I'm just going to go flying backwards, you know? Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, those animals are crazy, man. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, back to... Okay, so... Mu- oh, yeah, music. Justice, Master <laughs> Puppets... Kill them all, ride the lightning. I'm not sure, man. I mean, Justice was such a good album to ride a skateboard to. I'm just saying. Yeah. I liked liked all, I like Kill them all, ride lightning, Master Puppets. Master Puppets, I will say I had, I got Master Puppets before I got Justice. And I'm, and you know, just order of, you know, how it came, but... I, I wasn't even sure I wanted to get Justice because I think wasn't that where Newstead came in? Yeah. And I remember hearing that Newstead came Yeah. I remember hearing Newstead came in and I had like, you know, this pompous brother that was like, We're not gonna buy that album. <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of people who felt that way, man. (laughs) We're not going to buy that. (laughs) (laughs) But I do remember when I first heard Justice, I remember being like, this is a really excellent album. It's probably probably one of my favorites, honestly. Like, there's some songs... I'm not saying every song. There's very few whole albums where I'm like taken in by the entire album you know i'd agree if you want that because most albums they'll have like they might have like five at least one song that sucks yeah or that's the thing you know some albums i can go through and i'm like listening to it and there's like three or four songs i'm like "Eh," you know they're okay yeah um point in case uh um goo goo dolls Okay. Right. Um, what was uh, what was that album that they had? The the huge one. It was it had slide yeah. on it. Um, <laughs> it had slide. It had like all. Yeah. It had like all. Dude, the, I, I know nothing about Goo Goo Dolls. So I'll let you two work this one out. <laughs> the entire album musically was a great album because every single song had like some catchy song on it you know yeah i'm not a huge goo goo dolls fan they... I'm, it was I'm, a good record but it was a good record you know what i'm saying whereas um other other bands like uh at the same time when that came out i remember i was working at the steel mill and three doors down came out and yeah. they were playing it around the shop you know and i gotta listen to everything that goes on around the shop of course and they're playing it, and like yeah. my ear, I don't know if it's just because of, you know, me being around music my whole life, but if I hear a song that's going to be a hit, I can usually tell it's going to be a hit even before the radio will start playing yeah. it. Like usually a couple yeah. months before it goes on and becomes like, oh, well, we're going to play this song a million billion times and annoy the crap out of everyone. I can yeah. usually tell that's the one they're going to pick. That's and on the three, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And on the three doors down, there was only like one or two songs <laughs> that they played the entire album, and I was like, yeah, the rest of it's kind of like, meh, whatever, you know. Yeah. At the same so, time, the uh, Metallica did the Monster album, 
uh, where, where it sounded like trash cans again. <laughs> and everyone on everyone yeah. on the radio is raving about it, and I'm listening to it, and I'm like, Are you this... talking about Saint Anger? Yeah, Saint Anger. I was like, this yeah. album Dude. freaking sucks. I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. No guitar solos. All the well, there, I don't. I don't even there's remember. Not one. I, yeah, I remember not like one guitar just solo. thinking. Why do the drums sound like crap, dude? I'm like, this has got to be the demo version. I seriously thought, like, because uh, whatever single it was that came out, maybe it was Saint, Saint Anger, I don't remember. I just remember hearing it before the album came out and thinking, oh, this just must be the demo. And you, you'll get the, the mastered version later. Nope. No, Lars, <laughs> Lars basically put his foot down. And was like, I want to do like an old school album, but we can't have any guitar solos. And for some reason, James and and Kurt was like, okay, let's let's do that. <laughs> really? Is that what happened? Two of the be- two of the arguably two of the best guitarists, and they're both like, okay, we're not going to do any solos. Like, yeah. then what are you doing on this awesome album? Idea, yeah, what are you? What is it again? You're doing on this album? Yeah. I, I didn't even know that that there wasn't any solos on that album. Uh, I like I said, I probably listened to the whole album once or twice and was like, I'm good. Yeah, for the rest of my entire adult life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't I don't need it ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go back and. Get- I'm going to go back and drive a nail through my eyeball and listen to the Black Album. Thanks. <laughs> I actually didn't think that album was terrible, the Black one. I, uh, it's it's not. It's just, it's like... This album they sold out, though, I guess. Well, it, it's, what, it's... What's the uh, tune on that? Sad But True. That's a... Uh, yeah. It was... Um, um, Enter Sandman. Enter Sandman. Enter Sandman, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, there's a lot. There's a, huh? What was the other one? Uh, nothing else matters. Yeah, yeah, nothing else matters. That's right. Yeah. Just ballads, man. And Just metal all ballads. Like metal ballads are the worst forever. Yeah. Except for Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter's got the best metal ballads, I think. But they're probably the only one that does. <laughs> right. La- yeah. Last week we were talking about, and I just. John was in the dark, and I was like, John the Demon Hunter. And you guys are like, you know Demon Hunter? I'm like, what? <laughs> They're like, that's our favorite band. I'm like, ah, oh, and I haven't followed it up yet, but that's a good... Uh, yeah, they're like, uh, they've been around since maybe 2001 or two. They're like, uh, they, they're, I would say their their sound has evolved since their first album. And uh, now they would be classified in that kind of like metalcore style. Although I never thought of them that way. But I never really I, thought of them that I'd, way. Yeah, but I guess they kind of have a little bit of a metalcore sound to them. Um, well, but I mean, they've gone through different if you members. Listen to peace, or if you listen to War. Yeah, War's not really too metalcore. That one's that one's just heavy, dude. That's a pretty brutal album, War. I like that yeah. one. Now, peace is a little too not that heavy for me, but it's good. <laughs> I, I can dude, listen. I, to I can't. I can't listen to that too much, dude. Yeah, it's like War. Um, yeah, I they really just had can't. a double album that just came out in March. One album's called War, one's called Peace. And so, like, Peace okay. is, like, all, all, like pretty much all ballads. Um, and and honestly, the War album like, is all the I heavier stuff. Yeah, I can't listen to Peace. I just can't because I, I want to jump off a bridge. 
every it's, time I it's do. It's not bad. I think they're good songs, but there's just too many slow songs for me in a yeah. row. If you put it, and I'm I'm not the kind of guy that listens to music in like a shuffle mode. I listen to albums front to back. I've that's, pretty that's much I do. always been that way. Uh, once in a while, I'll throw something on shuffle, um, but I would say probably at least ninety nine percent of the time, I listen to albums front to back. Uh, so yeah, yeah um, it's hard for yeah, like an, if an album's got too many slow songs, I don't usually listen to them very often. But I mean, it's still a decent album. Yeah, it's just not like it's just not heavy. There's a couple but, songs, even of the ballads that are on there, that are okay. More than more than Bones is is I feel like that could go on either album because that one was pretty catchy. It just doesn't really have any of the growling type vocals, but it, that one's catchy and yeah. it's not a ballad. And it yeah. still has heavy riffs, right? Yeah, yeah, it's but, it's pretty good. I I think the reason why I just can't do albums that are like ballads like that is number one, I don't like them. But no. <laughs> but, but, but more importantly, clearly. Like, <laughs> more importantly, though, it it has to like my life is like fast pace. I'm always doing something. I'm always busy. Even if I'm driving somewhere, I'm usually so sleep deprived that I need some stimulation to keep me awake. Oh, yeah, for sure. And if I'm up and I'm driving somewhere and I'm listening to, like, a ballad album, dude, yeah. I'm going to, like, drive off the road and murder a bunch of people. Right, you know? right night. Yeah, that's true. I've I've found in the past that when you're getting really tired, putting something on that's really hype that gets you going uh, yeah. does help for a little while. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. Sometimes you will hit a wall and it doesn't matter what you do. You just got to pull over and rest. But, yeah. For sure. Um, oh, what else was I gonna? I was gonna bring something else up just now, and I can't remember what it was about music. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, I think I was gonna ask. Uh, I, John, you don't really listen to Slipknot too much, do you? No. No. Okay. You, have to. you heard the? I, yeah, I, I, I try I, not I like, to anymore. Yeah, I, I after seeing, I was not a Slipknot fan at all for the first two albums of theirs. Yeah. And then uh, one of my friends, we went to Ozfest, so they were there, mm-hmm. and and they, that sold me. I'm like, all right, these guys are actually really good live. Well, they're so really good. That, they're really good. Yeah, I'm not they're good for that. Right, right. But I'm just saying, for, I didn't even like them until I saw them live. Yeah. That's what made me like them was me seeing them live. And I've kind of been like a little bit of a fan ever since. So I was just wondering, Scott, have you heard the two new songs that uh, off their upcoming album at all yet? Yes, I've heard one of them. Uh, I was at my pal Lucas's, and he used to like. He grew up. He grew up with that kind of stuff, and he's a big fan still. Uh, and he played it. We were talking though, you know. It was like. Oh, okay. It was kind of in the background. Yeah, we were all kind of hanging out. <clears throat> my pal Artie and Lucas and whatever. We're all like, we try and hang out every week. Uh, but Lucas did put it on, and I heard it. And it sounded good, but I have yet to give it a you know a critical ear. Right, full so, attention. But I'm interested in doing so because they kind of came along and they changed the whole new metal thing. Like yeah, yeah. I, I would I would say in my opinion they they're uh, this generation of metals Metallica. So like what Metallica did for metal in in the '80s. And, and even in the 90s, uh, I think uh, Slipknot's done in the 2000 and 2010s. I mean, really before 
they got on the radio, you never heard anybody doing any growling vocals on the radio or even a double kick bass hardly at all. So I feel like they kind of paved the way for uh, heavier stuff to be acceptable on the radio, which is fine by me. Right. I could agree with that. You know? Because before then, I mean... I don't know. I, I personally loved all the not all the '90s music, but a lot of the '90s music, the grunge era. Yeah, I liked Alice in Chains, but they're probably one of the only bands from that. Really? Like Nirvana's okay. Uh, it's overplayed. That so overplayed. That's a good record, man. Like the Soundgarden. Soundgarden. Yeah, I was thinking like Alice in Chains. Um, yeah, Soundgarden. Soundgarden is a tricky record, man. <laughs> Soundgarden, Soundgarden, dude, Chris Cornell's voice was undeniably one of the best vocals out there. I mean, it was just crazy. His range was so high, (laughs) so high, but yet he could go so low, you know, stupid. It was just stupid how he could do this. Yeah. The riffs, the Soundgarden riffs and the drumming were insane. Yeah. And especially on Bad Motorfinger. Yeah. If you go back to it now as an adult and you you know you know something about music and you really put a, put an ear to it it's pretty impressive like the timing of things is like crazy and weird they do a lot of like fives and sevens which was not mm-hmm. common yeah ever in it's still i was gonna say it's still really not common. yeah especially in top 40 Still not even that common, really. You have to kind of almost look for stuff like that. Um, I I never got into Soundgarden. I didn't care for his voice. And same with STP. I never really got into that. But I did like me some Primus. Yo, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Now, talk about some weird weird time signatures. They had a few of them that were pretty out there. And and I just, I mean, I actually seen them once. Uh, It might have been like. I don't know. I want to say 2000. I don't even. Maybe earlier than that. Um, but yeah, uh, that that was a good time. I, I always liked Primus. I thought their, you know, of course, Les Claypool's bass playing was inspirational to say the least. And and um, Larry Lalonde is a great guitar player. I think he's super underrated. Um, he's from Possessed. He's what? He's from Possessed. He's from like he was from one of the. Early like super heavy bands. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, yeah, you did a little bit, but uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know who that is to be honest with you. But um, um, and then of course Larry. Uh, not I'm sorry, not Larry. No, I just said Larry Leon. Um, Tim. Um, Alexander. Yeah, dude, that dude's yeah. such a good drummer. <laughs> He's an amazing drummer. Yeah, he is. And uh, I think that's like the guy that I stole most of my drum chops from. Really. Yeah, he's he's yeah, a brilliant. I think he was a brilliant drummer. He's good, just really solid. See, so yeah, that was, was. I think the music was ever evolving, um, because then I'm thinking yeah. like Tool came in as well, and yes. Tool had like a Tool kind of changed things as well, you know, yeah, in totally different manner. But then even after Tool, like you were saying, <clears throat> you have Slipknot coming in, bringing in like this acceptable harder music that's radio right. playable you know yeah. right and they definitely have songs that i'm sure that were written for the radio yeah not by the rest of the album but they're still good songs they're catchy and they're still heavy enough like but yeah like 
I feel like they definitely, like I said before, made it acceptable for heavy music to be played on the radio, which is cool. Yeah. I don't I don't remember Pantera ever being overly radio played at all. Unless I hear them now. Well, I don't really actually I haven't listened to the radio in a really long time, but um I I, I mean when I was listening to the radio a little bit, I'd hear they play them now. Yeah, they play them now, but now it's acceptable. But yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm thinking yeah. like back then. I don't the remember Cemetery Gates. Yeah, Cemetery Gates. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. hearing them on the radio. I don't remember hearing Walk. Um, yeah. If I did, did it? maybe oh. it was out of the blue. But yeah, I'm trying to think of like because Pantera obviously was way before you know Slipknot. Yeah, I'm for wondering, sure. Wondering like if the if some of the influence was already kind of working in that direction. You know what I mean? Oh, I think so. Yeah, they were. They were top 40 and they like they were not even getting massive radio play. They were getting enough radio play on select rock stations across the United States. It was only in the United States. Uh, But uh, in terms of video, they were getting a lot of video play around the world. Yeah. So I I came to know video play in Canada. There was a heavy. you know, a heavy video show called the Power, the Power Hour, the Pepsi Power Hour on our version of MTV, which was called Much Music, and uh, I discovered Pantera through that, and it blew my. Mind. And they just kept getting heavier and heavier and heavier, but they were also getting more and more popular, yeah. Even as they got heavier, which was really interesting, but I think it's because they focused on the groove thing. Yeah. It was all about the head bob, right? If you can... Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. The monitor went to sleep. Okay. But, uh, yeah, he was, or they, were all about the groove. And I think that was the big thing that got them through and paved the way for a lot of other people to kind of get through as well. It's just the head groove and the, uh, yeah. the metal groove. I can, yeah. I can agree with that. I, I can mean, see that. Yeah. If you really think about it, though, you're getting... That's what you want. You want your fans to, to like, take part in what you're doing. And if they can't, yeah. and if you can't reach them... You know, I always think about back to uh, that interview that, they, that Queen did where... Um, Freddie Mercury wasn't there at the time he had passed on, but it was after he had passed on. <clears throat> they were talking to the rest of the band, and they were like, well, what made you come up with, you know, uh, the footstop clamp, you know, that everyone got into on We Will Rock You, you know? <laughs> yeah, and they said, well, we were all talking, and we wanted a way that all the fans could interact with us. And right. that just kind of came out of it was because it matched the beat for the song but then we just did it one concert and all of a sudden everyone interacted and we knew Everybody's we had something into it yeah. yeah so i mean if you really think about it if i guess if you're a musician out there and you're hearing me you need to find your niche in how to interact with people and how to yeah. It might be the head groove. It might be the foot stomp, hand clap. It might be something <laughs> so silly, but 
you know, I'm, I'm gonna start using the foot stomp and the My jams are gonna be nothing but that from now on. Every it's gonna be it's every gonna be song, so heavy. Every nice. song. <laughs> yeah, every song. There you go. <laughs> and and do it in like a in a head groove kind of way. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you got you got to do it. You got to figure out oh, how yeah. to keep it catchy and groovy, but in like a seven four time signature. <laughs> no, the fans will never. Most fans will never get that. They'll be like, "What the hell is going on here?" I don't oh, even you threw me four, off, five, man. Six, you threw seven. me off. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. Let me let me ask you, Scott. Like, um, yeah. what got you into baritone? So you you talked about how you were into metal and how you got in a little bit into yeah. metal. Uh, I was just like into this like that dark tone, right? The dark sound, which I think everybody was. But I started to get an ear for people tuning down and I wanted to go lower. But mm-hmm. when I did it on regular guitars, it just didn't work. And then through recording, in a you know going to a studio and working with an engineer who was pretty smart um, and he illustrated it in a really smart way he's like well if the bass is x amount longer to go an octave down from e then the guitar should be at least a little bit longer to go down to a or g or whatever you want to go down to maybe somewhere in the middle i'm like yeah clearly like it's just so obvious when someone points it out to you, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, in that time, I was like trying to trying out seven strings and this kind of thing. And seven strings were just like a regular guitar with another string. It right. Solve the problem. <clears throat> yeah. It's just like the same problem all over again, just more strings, which was even more a problem. Yep. <laughs> So yeah. uh, I eventually hunted down. ESP started making uh, baritone guitars, production ones, um, and they were doing 27-inch scale ones, and that was my first experience with it. It was an ESP Viper, which is their SG. It's like an offset SG, but uh, really beautiful guitars. And uh, I played that, and there were. Uh, and then I started wanting to go even lower, and I w- outgrew the scale length that that guitar was, and uh, ended up, you know, a couple years later, people started making longer guitars and longer guitars, and now we live in baritone oasis. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, yeah, like this one right here is 30-inch scale, which is 30. like, yeah. uh, the, I mean, a short scale bass is, is 30 or 28.6 inches. So yeah, we're we're twins. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> I gotta know a little bit more about that pickup you have in there. I mean, I'm already. Well, I still want to know. Yeah, it's not. It's not awesome. It's not. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. Oh, go ahead. But yeah, baritone guitars. It's just like a solve to a problem. Like wanting to. You know, wanting to make a sound uh, a total sound like the aesthetics of your total sound in such a way that the guitars that were everyone was using didn't work so I had to find a solution and you know 
thanks to a bunch of smart people, I found my way there. Hmm. It wasn't me. I wasn't the smart person. Um, it was me always like smashing my head against the wall and hitting a dead end. But enough questions that smart enough people could answer. So yeah, uh, yeah, and that was like probably nineteen. 19- 98 or 1999 I think okay Uh, I'm trying to think when I got my first baritone John and I were in a band uh for a little while called lying in submission and at the time we were tuning like drop C like nothing crazy like just drop C and then I went and got like um what's that that Gretsch thick it um it they call it a baritone now but it was a bass six you know what I'm talking about Yep, that one right there. Yep, that's the one I had. Exact same one, except for now they call it a baritone instead of a bass six. Yeah. Uh, and they're probably they probably come that's with different strings. Yeah, I like it. I wish I wouldn't have got rid of it, but yeah. So then we went from like me playing in drop C and him playing in drop C. Well, he was playing the drums, but we'd play we'd both play the guitar together, you know. Um, yeah. And then then we went from like that to like I don't even remember, dude. Like I was probably doing like drop E or. I, I don't know something crazy super low out of nowhere <laughs> yeah yeah it was Remember just my like guitar so had a hard time like yeah my my guitar had a hard time <laughs> it was struggling to get that low yeah so it was just like out of nowhere i'm just like i gotta get lower i gotta get lower i gotta get lower yeah. and so that's the guitar i went with I'm and like, then uh, matt your strings look like spaghetti noodles coming off your neck dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, I, I have a tendency exactly. to go extreme with things. Uh, it's just yeah. my personality. So, I mean, it's like the perfect thing to go uh, extreme with is you want a baritone? All right, well, let's just go tune down an octave. All and the basically way. A ba- ex- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So, I got a cool story about uh, the Facebook uh, uh, Baritone Obsessed group. So, uh, I think it was just maybe a little bit after our conversation last week. And um, Chad Woods, um, he's the one that has that SRC6 that he did that really cool mod where he yeah. put the bass pickup in the the bridge position and then, no, no, the neck, the neck position. And then I, I think a, a, a lace uh, bass bar or something like that in the, in the neck. Yeah. Well, I, I, I had yeah. texted him or I had messaged him once before. I'm like, hey, man, if you're ever, you know, interested in getting rid of those um the stock pickups that came in the src6 i'll buy them off you and then um like this week or whatever i was like uh i just want to let you know i'm still interested if you know if you still have them around or whatever he was like oh yeah you can have them dude i'm like what i'm like he's like yeah he's like uh just get a shipping label and uh i'll sell i'll send them to you so so he sent those out this week and i was like so stoked and uh so just confirmation that people on that on that um on the the facebook group are just really cool and chill and just everyone's just really nice and cool there everyone that interacts regularly uh so it's pretty awesome and and like they i think they're gonna fit perfect too it's kind of hard to see but uh they're actually slightly smaller than than the pickups that are in there so right um i won't have to do any routing or anything so so they're also body mounted pickups right like they screw into the body they don't need a a mounting ring Right, yeah, they just have... He just sent the two screws that came with them. Yeah. Cool. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, we, we just gotta take a quick time out. My daughter wants to say goodnight. Is that what she's doing? Oh yeah, she just wants to say goodnight. Alright. Yeah, yeah. Come on in! Yeah! She was waiting so patiently. Bye! Hi, sweetie. Scott. Oh, Scott, not Matt. Scott. Scott! <laughs> Hi. How are you doing? I'm How super good. He said he's doing super Amazing. good. How, How are you? Clean so you can hear him. Hi, Uncle Sugar. Hey, <laughs> how's it going? I'll... My new niece. <laughs> How are you? Hi, Uncle John. Hi, sweetie. I can see you. I can see you. Do you see me? Yes, I did see you. You see me? <laughs> hold on, I'm gonna hold up. I'm gonna wave my hand. There we go. That's a John. Man. No, it's Scott. All right. Hello, Scott. How hey. you doing? Super good. You? Are you awesome? Are you all ready for? I eat peppers. Hey, peppers. Yes. You eat peppers. <laughs> all right, let's let's uh give me the headphones back. Hey. She's oh, like, no, go. I want to go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we podcasting? We podcasting. Yes, I'm going to Radio star. <laughs> All right, Radio come here. Give me the headphones. Give me kisses. Good night. I love you so much. I, I have to do otherwise. Okay, say, say, goodbye. say goodbye. Goodbye. Good night. Good night. Go to bed. Good She's night. going in her big girl bed. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Whoa. She got her big girl bed back. We had to take it away because she wouldn't stay in there. Oh, okay. And now, and now, now she's got it back because she was she's listening. <laughs> All right, I love you. No. Yes, yes. I love you. I love you. Daddy, I'll have a kiss, kiss, Daddy. Yeah, I'll have a kiss. All right. Mm, I love you, baby. Be good, okay? Stay in your bed. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I can't hear you guys uh, when you're. She's just like, right. I eat peppers. It's <laughs> just random. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did you guys ask her what she had for dinner or something? No, she just came oh, out. Oh, she's just like, I'm, I eat peppers. Yeah, yeah it was just random. Okay. It was totally <laughs> random. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, she's, she's just a cutie and she's super smart. The other day we yeah. were. Uh, my birthday was about three weeks ago. For my birthday, we went to the food Happy truck birthday. today. Oh, thanks! I just turned forty, so I'm uh, I'm uh, yes. no longer young and awesome. I'm older and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so for my birthday, I, oh. I wanted heroes or whatever. So we went to this food truck, and we just so happened to run into my old boss Josh there. And um, so and and my she knows my boss because when my wife would drop me off at work, sometimes they'd come in and say hi to everybody. And so, like, yesterday we went back to that food truck, and as soon as we pulled into the parking lot, she goes, is Josh here? Are we here to see Josh? Like, she remembered exactly where wow. we were at, three like, three weeks ago, and uh, she associated the parking lot with, you know, my old boss. I thought that was pretty cool. Wow, that's so awesome. So she's pretty, yeah, she's pretty smart. Smarter that's than awesome. me. <laughs> All right, so, uh, <laughs> let's see. Back to what we were talking about. I think we were talking about asking for... No, uh, Baritones, Facebook group, people yeah. giving away pickups. Yeah, dude, awesome. it, 
yes, a big thank you to Chad Woods for sending those out. It was really awesome, um, and I'm super grateful. And I'm, I think I'm going to do kind of the same thing like what he did. I think I'm going to put uh, one of them here, and then um, I might. I have a lace here. I'll turn my camera around so you can see, but up there um, behind oh, yeah. the mask, um, I have a, a la their lace death buckers. Um, yeah. So I'm probably going to put one of those in in the uh, the bridge, and then one of the other ones up there. Uh, one of the EMGs that he sent me up there and then I'm not sure what I'll do with the other EMG I'll probably do something fancy with it eventually but yeah that's like kind of the, the idea uh, the lace in my Itali build do you like those? I really do lace, yeah I... uh, they're very very unique very weird pickups but I really um you gotta kind of think it's great for low tuning they're really clear yeah yeah, I, I, I noticed a big difference, or I, I could tell, when I was able to tell that there were really good pickups was, I had the seven string that was really cool. I uh, I kind of almost wish I didn't get rid of it, but I'm just not, I just don't have the fingers for seven string, but the body was this really cool uh, dark purple. I love purple, purple and black. I remember like, that colors. Yeah. yeah, and um, the, I mean, I just said it was a, a guitar from... Um, Honda, no, wait, shoot, I always get their stinking, I can't Honda. think of the name of the site now, no, 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 not Hondo, I said that, I don't know what I was thinking, Rondo, Rondo, Rondo Music, oh yeah, and oh, Hondo, yeah, it was one of the, it was one of the, it was a Douglas brand, so, you know, made in China, but very, very well built, you know, and it was like 200 bucks shipped or whatever, but the yeah. pickups kind of suck. How do they do that? I, right. I don't know, those guitars, they're very well built very i mean I if you're gonna if anybody wants a really cheap guitar like cheap as in spending not a lot of money and you want a very well-built guitar for not a lot of money check out rondo <clears throat> rondo music or whatever yeah. just google it and um their guitars are freaking awesome for the price um but like you know the pickups aren't going to be that great you might have to swap out a few things but so the the pickups on that were just okay and then i remember one day i played that and then i picked up that guitar right there with the death buckers in it and i hadn't touched anything on the amp at all and just like how much more crunchy it sounded it was yeah everything came through much clearer um and it didn't sound as muddy and i was like oh wow these death buckers really are really good but i didn't i didn't i mean i guess until i played it back to back which i guess i'd never done before then because i didn't notice it um that's when i kind of figured it out like the death buckers are just really really good pickups and they're really not too expensive um i think that set there i got from i don't remember the what's i'm trying to think is if his name is it scott lace or it's something with an s i can't remember the owner's name but he was selling them um himself um on like oh, wow. amazon and i think the set was like 170 or 160 for the set and i and it was actually cheaper than on their website a little bit cheaper so um yeah um, well, yeah, Death Buckers are good. I like them. Uh, I everybody like seems like the bare knuckle pickups. I've never tried them, and they're really expensive. Yeah, they're nice. They are. They uh, like the Misha Juggernauts mm -hmm. uh, are a famous pickup because they're great. But there are a lot of great pickups out there. Yeah, you know the Alpha Omegas from Seymour Duncan are really amazing. Same band. Mark Holcomb's, uh, and then the Demarzio Titans, uh, Jake's, also periphery 
Yeah, they're those guys. They have a pretty unique sound. Periphery. They whatever they did, they nailed it. I don't a, a ton, but I you know I definitely know who they are, and they they've figured out something, and they've just got a really really good solid. Like they're heavy, but it's like it's not so. It's almost like their sound, their guitar sounds are like heavy but mellow at the same time. There's like this yeah. unique clarity, but you're still getting the distortion and the overdrive. Right? And they they really figured yeah. it. Um, yeah. do you have you ever played um with the? Oh, man, I'm just drawing a blank. I'm tired today. I've had a long day. Um. <laughs> Uh, what are those pickups that everybody's into right now? And I want to set some. Oh, the Fishmans. Yes, Fishmans. Yeah. Have you I've, played those? I've played them. Yeah, I've played are they, them. Are they all the rage or are they just kind of. They just sound like a nice pickup. I don't know. There's lots okay. of nice pickups. There's, yeah. There's, there's no shortage of nice pickups. For sure. Uh, I don't understand, like, the. Like, people are willing to sell their car and their firstborn child to get these pickups. And I'm like. It does seem like that, and I, I I caught myself almost doing the same thing, and I'm like, yeah, it's. I mean, they're not that special. Maybe one so, day I'll get a set, whatever. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, passive pickups, uh, they don't take any batteries. They're a very simple design. Mm-hmm. Less, the least likely to fail, uh, and there's a million varieties of them. And uh, there's enough reason to kind of go beyond that. Um, that's unless... a good thing you just named there about the least likely to fail. Because I, I think that's something that I, a lot of people might not consider when it comes to an active pickup. Yeah, they fail. And it's something, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, you have to sit there and worry about batteries. Although I know the, the Fisherman Fluence have a different kind of a, a battery thing that they're doing that's uh, supposed to be a lot lot better or whatever but i don't i don't know too much about it but i mean just your standard um act of you got to have a nine volt you got to have a backup nine volt and probably having a third one is a good idea too and then i mean you never know when it's going to go dead it's inside your freaking guitar you know (laughs) so that's something to think about (laughs) excuse me yeah (coughs) something to think about for sure well something i was thinking about was me and Matt were talking about a game. Oh, yes. I don't know if it's really a game. I don't know if you'd really classify it's not it as a, a game. It's not a game. It's just uh, f- something fun to do. Yeah. So why don't you explain it, Matt? So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to – we are gonna we have a couple of some words that we're going to look up. We're going to use the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, not a, not a current day one. Because I'll tell you what, man, the, the, the meanings of words are changing. And, uh, right. uh, and it's like, you know, I mean, even myself, I find myself, if I want to look up a definition, it's just really easy to Google something. Right. And, you know, it's quick and you don't have to have a giant book with you, you know. But the, yeah. the, the meanings of words are changing. And uh, that, that's kind of scary because I feel like that... Um, that's a way you can start to um, manipulate populations of people by changing definitions of words over a yep. slow period of time. Um, so I thought maybe let's look at uh, an 1828 dictionary and see what some of these words um, mean or what we think they mean and then what they what they meant back, you know, 100 and... Yeah, yeah. 
70 years ago. I do got to raise an argument, though, that since the beginning of time, words have always been changing. Sure, yeah. The, the, I mean, yeah, language evolved. Yeah. Uh, that's why, like, Latin. Well, is... well, wait, wait. Even think about something as simple as, like, trucker, trucker lingo. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Like, to a normal citizen, wouldn't trucker lingo just be like. Like jargon. A bunch of jargon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be. I, I never. How you about, know, how about when like I was police, driving. How about police chatter? Yeah, police chatter probably a better example because when I was driving a truck, I mean, not a lot of people were uh, a CB. I had one and I left it on just yeah. just in case, you know, you need it. Like, especially if you run into, like, if there's an accident on the freeway, you can, yeah. you know, radio ahead and say, what's going on? Is it going to be a couple hours, you think? But um, I never really experienced, like, trucker language, like what you're talking about, too much. Well, but even, even in the tow field, I talked, you know, I guess, tow, tow talk. Tow, tow, tow talk. Tow talk. Tow talk. Nice. Did you just have a regular CB? No, no, even without it. Like, if I'd be somewhere, like, um, point in case, okay, when I was here working before before I went to Houston, okay, um, one night I get a call out to this house to pick up this car. I go up to the house, nobody's there, car's not there, I try to call them, nobody's answering. So, but behind me by probably two or three blocks, I see another tow truck way down there. So mm-hmm. I just pull over and I, like in my head, I already figured out he's picking up the car. They gave me the wrong address. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So he has to come my way. It's a dead end. So he comes out and he's making his way up. Well, he pulls behind me and gets out and we start chatting and I was like yeah you, you got my car and he was like oh it's all good I was like yeah it's cool I'm gonna get paid anyways but all of a sudden two strangers and we're suddenly talking about you know wenchins and pulling out with snatch blocks and stuff that most people would just be like what what the hell are they talking about you know right yeah and we're totally two separate people same thing happened when I was in Houston okay so when I was down there for the hurricane relief down in Houston, Texas, there is hundreds of tow guys, hundreds from all over the country. And I'm chatting away with all of these guys. And it's language that I, I promise you, no one would understand. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know what I mean? So I they guess... find that in skateboarding as well? You know? Skateboarding, skateboarding yeah. Their own language? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, surfers, for sure. Yeah. You know, so yeah, my, dude. <laughs> my, my point in case is, is that, you know, language is a, I, I think it is always changing and always, people are always finding a new word to say, like, like, you know, like teaching at the school, I hear all the modern hip hop words, you know, all oh, that's you're sweaty or, you know what I mean? And they're always they're always just coming up with new words to say. Well, you're a tryhard. Yeah, I love it. You know what I mean? Like all kinds of different words. And I'm like, so the language is always evolving. It's always changing, and it has been. That's true. It has been since the dawn of time. You know. Yeah. If Um, it didn't change, if it wasn't changed, if it never changed, we would still be speaking German and Spanish and French. 
That's true. Independently. But the reason we speak the type of English that we speak is because those three kinds of languages interacted and the German got smoothed out, but the romantic part of the French and the, the Spanish got kind of overridden by the more curtness of the German. Um, and we ended up with something completely different. Yeah. And yeah, so like when you listen to old English or even try and read an old English book like 1800, uh, it's English, but it sounds exactly like German if you can pronounce it. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. Well, I mean, <laughs> so, well, think about uh, William Shakespeare. Yeah. Have you tried to like totally. go through and just be like, oh, well, I could read William Shakespeare? Yeah, yeah until no you problem. until you do, <laughs> until you do, and then you read it, and you're like, what the hell did I just spend the last 20 minutes yeah. reading? What did I just? Yeah. Yeah. What was this? <laughs> was he high on drugs? He must have been high on drugs. I don't know if I could do Shakespeare. I think I would probably be like, that's too much for me to comprehend. I've read no, it. it. I've read it, and I, I'm pretty well read. And I read it, and I'm just like, what? Like, a lot of it is, it literally is just whatever he's coming up with. Right. At that moment. He's like, oh. Yeah. I know people say it has, like, really deep meaning. I'm not saying it. (laughs) So what you're saying is Shakespeare was just a filibuster. Dude, I think he was just high on drugs, and everyone loved it. (laughs) Nice. Or he was nice. a troll. He was like the world's first troll. Yeah, that's he's like, You know, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put this idea out into the world. Like, I don't know. Have you guys? We might have covered this already with the Australia thing. There's these people. This person started trolling. They're like, yeah, man, Australia doesn't exist. It's a conspiracy. And then these I've heard people. This. Yeah, and it started as a total troll. But whoever started it went super hard on it and super serious to the point where a whole bunch of other people got on board they're like yeah man i've never i've never been clearly doesn't exist and uh and it just kept going and kept going and i think it's still going i don't think it's ever been like disproven it doesn't matter if you live in australia currently like you're clearly part of the conspiracy (laughs) nice Uh, I'm on board, uh, dude. I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Well, I think it's amazing. You know, the first person to take Australia wins at the game of risk, so. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. I haven't played, dude, I don't think I've played you risk. You take Australia, since you win the game of risk because it is yeah. a very extremely difficult to win after you take Australia. Like, once yeah. you take Australia, good luck to the it's other over. people playing. Yeah. Wow. I've won so many times because people like faltered on putting like a bunch of pieces up near Singapore in the Malaysias. They put a bunch there to prevent anyone from coming down the island chain, and I just swept down there from China. (laughs) Get in there. Uh, All right, Matt. What was that? I haven't played Risk for probably 20 years now. Really? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while since yeah. I played too. I don't think the last time I played was with you, John. Oh, I love it. Well, we, we played we, Lord of the Rings we, Risk though. Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah we played a Lord, the Lord of the Rings edition, but that's still fun. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. I was terrible. I'm the worst. One I'm the worst player. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, Matt, why don't you uh, why don't you get us kicking on the? Uh, the oh, game. now I gotta I gotta find my words. Oh yeah. Um, Where are my words at? I got a whole bunch of words. I got a random word generator up. Okay. Oh, you go first then. I don't know where I'm. Where oh, was okay. I plugging it in? At? Yeah. Um. Well, do you have your you have your dictionary out on? Uh, I do. I'm pulling up my browser right now. I think I do. I have like 30 pages on my browser. Okay. <laughs> so Scott, so I wanted to tell you this because I was doing research on this this week and I thought it was really creepy. Um, so I was looking up, my brother mentioned to me and brought back to my memory that there was a serial killer around where we used to live when we were growing up. And he was found. So he actually, this crazy guy, worked with my mom at a local gas station. Oh, that was the guy? The yeah. picture you sent me the yeah. other day, that was the guy? That was the guy. With the huge Fu Manchu? Yeah. Okay. So he worked with my mom at a Speedway gas station. Um, and my mom was the kind of person to where she would hug every single person. And she just had like the big old mom heart where she was like, dude, John's mom was the greatest ever. She just loved she was like on everybody. A mom she to didn't everybody. judge anybody. Yeah. Nope, if she nothing. didn't like you, she would still hug you and kiss you. You know what I mean? That yeah. kind of thing. Awesome. She was a great person. But I remember her coming home one day and she was like, she, she told me, she was like, there's something wrong with that guy that I'm working with. And then, I kid you not, it was like a month later, um, he just didn't show up for work. And it was because he was found out by the FBI and the local police that, like, he was killing a bunch of people and burying them in a field. <laughs> and that's, just, that's, that's the same guy that you said, uh, uh, Dave, well, seen so him the, out in the field? Yeah, yeah. So, my sister was dating... Um, my sister was dating a, a guy, um, but before they were dating, he was going to high school at the time, and he said he on his way to high school, he seen the FBI and that guy walking through the field pointing out the shallow graves. Like, yeah, and they had it all taped off. So there were three, I'm, I'm pretty sure there were only three, but there were three, like, child like murders that happened when I was a kid that like burned into my memory you know like you hear it on the yeah. news and it's all over the news and it's like such a big ordeal that it literally is like engraved in your brain you know what I mean yeah, yeah and this was one of them was obviously because my mom worked with the crazy serial killer guy Yeah. but he one of the girls that he had killed was in this park in this city called Milford Okay, and I while I was reading this um, to Matt, I showed him this like article, and he had killed this girl or somebody in this park. Okay, and I was like, well, that's kind of weird, man, because I remember there was a killing in that park, and so while I'm reading down below, the um, I actually found I think it was by a prosecutor that prosecuted the the uh some of the murders that happened in that town like one of the you know the attorney the prosecutor and apparently four years later there was 
two other murders, and these are the two that I remembered being in that, but they were in the exact same park. Like, right. what are the odds of that? Even in America, you would think, well, you know, America, that yeah. must happen every day. No, that that does not happen. That does seriously does not happen. You know. Yeah. That yeah. this is same... a habitual uh, a pattern type of person. But by two different individuals. Oh, it was two different individuals. Yeah, one was the serial. Yeah, one was the serial killer guy. And another time, four years later, was these two drunk homeless guys that did it with two other girls and then dumped their bodies like in a sewage drain in that park. I don't remember either one of those. Yeah. Do you like, remember what year it happened? Uh, 95 and the other one oh, was... Oh, I, I would have lived in Washington at the time, that's why. Yeah, one was in 92, or no, one was in 95 and one was like, I don't know. It was it was four years before, so... Okay. 91, okay. 91-ish, somewhere in there. Okay, gotcha. But like, what are the odds of that, you know? Like... Serial, serial killer park. Yeah, yeah. like, or is Come it... Come on, everyone, hang out here. Is it really... Could it be haunted or something? Like some bad mojo going through that park? I've, or maybe I've, it's just set up in such a way that it like easy uh, access. Good cover for the nefarious. It's easy to get to, and maybe it's like good cover. Yeah. So I I can tell you this. I've been to that know. city. I've been to that park. I'm, uh, I don't know how many times. Even within the last couple years, I've been yeah. there. I've worked. I've had to go out and pick up a couple cars while I was driving a tow truck, and those cops are dicks. Yeah. Like, I, I normally won't say that about police officers because a lot of my friends are, but those ones there, <laughs> oh my, dude, they were like massive, like D-bags, you know? Wow. Like, I don't know what it is about that place, but there is yeah. like some bad mojo going on there or something, because... Yeah. Everyone I've met, like, I'm not saying everyone I've met, but I'm just saying, like, the few people that I've talked to, they're just something wrong. You know? Shout out to Milford, Michigan. Shout out to Milford. Everybody <laughs> hearing this from Milford, you're going to be, like, freaking out. <laughs> I just think there's, like, a black cloud of evil over that town. I don't know. Or, or just the park. Or just the yeah. park. I'm going to say the whole town. The whole yeah. time, I you know I don't honestly right now I can't even picture Milford in my mind. I, I, I don't, it's I over by the uh, proving grounds. Uh, it's not far from Southline, right? No, no. Okay, All right. it's uh, about I just, fifteen minutes. Okay, I just can't picture it in my mind how right now. Fast you travel, right? Twenty for me. All yeah. right, so we'll start off All with right. the word so, government. Oh, did you want to say something? Oh no no go. Okay, government. Just, just, just the definition of the word. Uh, I, I, you know, appointed or selected to uh, rule or not rule, but to uh, what would the word be for that? To implement. Uh, you know, methods and rule over a population. That's pretty good. That's pretty close. Um, so there's like, there's over 11 different one, um, definitions. So I'm not going to go through all of them. That's too many. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's just control 
um, restraints. Um, uh, men are apt to neglect the government of their temper and passion. Uh, exercise of authority, direction, uh, yeah, direction and restraint exercised over the actions of men in communities, societies, or states. The administration of public affairs according to established contribution laws and usages, or yeah, usages, or by uh, arbitrary edicts. Uh, so yeah, you're pretty close. That was a pretty good one. Uh, go ahead. You got one, John? Um, you want me to type it? Do you, if you want to give the word, I'll. No, because the one I pulled up it? actually was pretty good. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to pick the right word. Though. Also, um, <laughs> I don't I want to start at the top because the first one is dominate. <laughs> oh, nice dominate. Yes. I was gonna say too. Um, if you look up the. Uh, further definitions of the word government some people say that it means actually mind control like the word government means mind control control right. over people's minds. How about that hypnotize uh dang it i wish you would have said mesmerized instead hypnotized as in that is the word that we're going with next yeah, yeah go with that one the next man original meaning yep so hypno uh ties is So, to actionably uh, bring another person into a state, into a hypnotic state through, you know, whatever means you could do that, but, uh, that's a I would one. say, I, I keep thinking to take them fast or by, four, or like, to seize something fast. I don't know. What does it say, Matt? Oh, uh, for hypnotize. Is that even a word back then? It's hypnotic. I've got hypnotic. All right, go with that. Hypnotic. Hold on. Okay. <clears throat> to put someone having. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, that was. I was gonna say that's pretty close. It's uh, having a a quality of producing sleep uh tending of uh, tending to produce sleep uh, neurotic in uh so i'm having a hard time saying this one sup supper supporific i can't say it superfric um there's actually not really a whole lot of that's the only definition. It's just having a quality of producing of sleep and tending to produce sleep. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the idea that should be like a new like curse word. Superfic. Yeah, I, I can't even say it. I mean, like I'm looking at it. It's not even a long word. You gosh dang superfic. or I Not I-C-K. I-C. What was it? S-O-P. O R I F I C. Supperfic. Hold on, I gotta write it out. Yeah, it's it's like a weird one to say. <laughs> what the Supporific? heck? You gosh yeah, I don't... darn supperfic. <laughs> S, yeah, let me know when you're ready. Uh, S O S O P. P. 
O R I F I C. Suporific? Suporific? Suporific, I think. Let me look up. Let me look up and see where the. See where the enunciations are. So, what you're reading is from the 1948 or 1828 Webster's Dictionary. There you go, Matt. Google's going to tell you right now. Supporific. Okay, what does Google say? Supporific. Supporific? Yeah. Interesting. The O pronounced as a U. Yeah. Like an a, uh, yeah, like an A umlaut. Right. Yeah, it's got nice. like a, it's got like an A umlaut on it, like with the uh, double dotted I. What does it yeah. mean? I don't know or what that one means. Dotted. Does it say the meaning? Huh? Does it, does Google say the meaning of soporific? Oh yeah, yeah, tending to induce drowsiness or sleep. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so here's one that I found interesting: apocalypse. Right. What do you mean? Like, it's like a skin covered, skin like a skin covering, like a leather sheath. John, do you have a guess? No. A mutant on X Men. (laughs) Right. No, actually, it just means revelation. Um, this revelation, discovery, disclosure, of the name of the book in the New Testament. So. Apparently, it wasn't, I mean, maybe at some point in time, it was changed to the Book of Revelation, but it says here, like, the Book of Apocalypse is what it was referred to as. Um, Yeah, I'd never known that. Uh, So, uh, it says, the name of the book in the New Testament uh, containing many discoveries and predictions uh, of respect to the future of Christianity. So I, I'd never, and that's all it really says. It just says basically revelation, disclosure, discovery. I never knew that. I always kind of just thought it was just the end of days, so to speak, even mm-hmm. though I know that's probably, that's just definitely the modern translation of the word. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that is, uh, you know, people will bend things to and, and enhance their means by which to control other groups of people like because there are a lot of people who want to be spiritual right and mm-hmm. they want they want more meaning but then there are other people who seek to extend their level of control over those people because of their what they're looking for and it's unfortunate and things like this like this word that sounds very much like a manipulation. We've seen a whole bunch of that in religion uh, since the Old Testament, like moving forward. Uh, well, yeah. Have you ever seen the movie The Book of Eli? No. No. Have you, John? Yeah, it was awesome. I was going to say you've seen like every movie. Yeah, that's that. I'm, I don't want to really spoil too much, but I've seen you know, that but, like five times. Yeah, I've probably seen it two or three. And usually, I, I only watch a movie once, maybe, unless I really like it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that one a couple of times. But yeah, in, in the movie, the bad guys are, are sort of trying to, to find a copy of the Bible. And then you kind of find out, uh, I don't know, maybe about halfway through or so, that the reason this guy, who's played by Gary Oldman, 
why he wants a copy of the Bible. That's the only book he cares about. Is he just wants a copy of the Bible, and he wants it so he can use it to manipulate people. Yeah. Right. So he can, yeah. So like that goes along like with what you're saying. Over, you know, in times past, people have used, you know, apocalypse and, you know, whatever, you know, certain aspects of the Bible for control. And uh, that was kind of the premise of the movie. Well, it was really good movie. Pretty much every awesome. every dictator's tried to do that at some point or another. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Hitler's big thing was, uh, well, he had a bunch of big things, but the Spear of Destiny was definitely on his top ten roster picks. I think his mustache was number one, though. His mustache? That was. <laughs> Dude, if he if he shaved that thing off, you probably wouldn't even recognize. Him. No. No. You'd be like, who's this guy? You're not Adolf Hitler. Dude, that's why... <laughs> hey, you remember that talk that we had a while ago about... About Adolf Hitler? and... Yeah, about him South fleeing America? to, like, Argentina? Yeah. That's why I can't buy into any one of those. Because why? anybody in their right mind would shave that mustache off immediately. I think he did. Not oh, in the pics. No, no, the, the one picture the he picks, didn't. Yeah, in all the pictures yeah, yeah. that I see, he's still got the mustache. Yeah, nobody, that's true. Nobody... Nobody would be that retarded. Well, yeah, I have. I have to go back like, and look at that. For goodness' so just, sakes, I'm not shaving my mustache off. Right. You can take my head, but you can't take my mustache. No, so just so Scott, we'll fill you in a little bit. A lot of times we'll do like conspiracy theories and just kind yeah. of throw around ideas about them on the show, just because I think they're fun to talk about. And one of the things we kind of brought up was. Hitler uh, potentially having fleed to Argentina fled. and fled. Sorry, did I say fleed? Yeah, you he- said fleed. Wow, right before you saying. said deers and deers. <laughs> you are sorry. rewriting. You're rewriting. I am as we speak. I am. I like it. I, I it. support that. I totally support that. <laughs> it's happening so, live. It's happening. John, you just outed me, dang it. No. Matt is like freestyling a new language yeah. right now as we speak. Right now. So, yeah, um, the idea was that he fled to Argentina or somewhere yeah. in South America. And I had found a CIA document, which is it's really weird. So a few, I don't remember one, within the last couple years, there was like a data dump of some kind about um, the Kennedy assassination. Right. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, this was in that data dump, which I don't really know what that has to do with the assassination of yeah. Kennedy. But th- this file that I had found, the CIA, CIA document, was in that, um, and it had, it had in the document basically said that um, the whoever wrote the report was like a you know a spy or whatever, an a, a CIA agent, um, and they. They had said that somebody that they knew from to a friend of theirs that served in in World War II um, had confirmation that Adolf Hitler was still alive at this time. This would have been in, in the report was from 1950 something. Um, I I don't remember exactly what year, 53 or something. And that at that time Hitler was still alive and well in health in in, in uh, I think Argentina. And uh, that that was kind of about it. There wasn't a whole lot of information, but it was. I just found it interesting. Yeah. Um. But it was, it was kind of almost in the in the report. It was kind of like hearsay, almost like you know, my friend says Hitler's still alive, 
and they're in con- they've been in contact with Hitler. But that was it's kind of like just whose guess, you know, maybe it was true. Maybe Hitler fled to Argentina, maybe he didn't. It's hard to say. But it was kind of a it was kind of a fun thing we just threw around the idea. I love those stories like you know, it's pretty well known that the Nazis were very interested in South America. Or not mm-hmm. South America, in uh, Antarctica. Yes, yeah. And, very. and they were, you know, very keen to do expeditions in that region of the world. And they had reason to believe that there was stuff hidden below the ice. Yeah. The surface. Um, and he was really big with the Fool Society and like all this like kind of black magic type of stuff. Yeah. Um, very strange organization. Uh, way ahead of the curve, like way before any of us, you know, it started coming out. Like, uh, you know, what, what? when was that? It's like 1940, 1945, 1940, or no, not even, like 1925, something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, they were doing all that stuff and they were really interested in the esoteric stuff and they had these secret societies with all these witches and (laughs) and they didn't really hide it but nobody else really understood it so right yeah until now even now i think maybe it's beyond some people yeah there there was definitely some some strange stuff that uh the, the nazis were doing um so, so what what is your kind of take on antarctica because i've that's something we've talked about as well well there's a pretty significant landmass there like if even if all the ice melts uh, there's quite a bit of land there um it was something at some point in time you know mm-hmm. uh, there's these ideas out there that i'm really interested in this idea and i'd like to Wish I was, you know, a billionaire and I would research right. it. Right, <laughs> exactly. But uh, the whole idea that I'm sure you guys are familiar with the concept of out of Africa. So human, in terms of the idea of evolution, that humans evolved out of from out of the water into land animals, mm-hmm. and it, the genesis point was a, a area in Africa. Mm-hmm. And, and then they humans proliferated out towards the Middle East and then into Europe and all of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is another idea that Africa is where the survivors ended. Uh, there was a major catastrophe. Some people hypothesized that it was the Sudbury. The town that I'm from was a, is a major um, impact site of a comet or a meteorite, but it's major. And most of the world's stainless steel and nickel and copper, a good chunk of it comes from this place. And it's all space rock. Hmm. You know? Or the minerals were produced because of the amount of heat that was generated in the impact. Like there's two different ways that minerals can uh you know, can form, can germinate. Um, but anyhow, there was a major impact there. And uh, on a scale, on an impact of that scale, 
it will have an effect on the Earth's uh, position, the Earth's rotational position. And it's hypothesized that that impact, or there is another impact site in Africa that is well known, uh, that mm-hmm. is either slightly smaller or slightly larger, but they're the two largest that is currently known, um, that may have skewed the Earth's rotation and thrown the Earth into a nuclear winter. Uh, and so all the vegetation would die and unless other than the areas closest to the band that was getting the most radiation from the sun, which would be the equator. Um, but hypothetically, the equator was a different thing before. Right. Um, hmm. So anyway, uh, there's that event, and that event definitely had some kind of effect on the Earth's... Uh, nobody knows to what extent, because that's very difficult to model, because it just... But, you know, if you, if you do model it in a whole bunch of ways, you will definitely have some kind of result of a shift in the rotation of the Earth. Uh, so it can happen that way. There is hypothetically other ways that the Earth can change its rotation. Um, but the idea is that in this grand event of catastrophe, uh, there was very few safe areas in on planet Earth, and one of them was like this area of Africa, and, and which was one of the reasons why humanity kind of rebuilt itself out of there. And there was you know, evolved societies prior to this event mm-hmm. and people think that they are still intact under the ice. Do they think that do they think that the the asteroid hitting is what caused like the the tilt of the earth, like the twenty three point five degrees at its off tilt? Uh no. Like the off tilt thing I think it, that just has to do with the way that the Earth has... I don't know for sure. I'm not an astrophysicist. I'll just get right. that out there right now. <laughs> but uh, in order for the Earth to maintain its trajectory through the solar system... Mm-hmm. So, not through... I don't know if you guys are very uh, up with astrophysics at all, but... The, the sun is being our solar system, pulling it around a long orbit around our entire galaxy. Mm-hmm. And so the sun orbits the whole galaxy and it pulls our all the planets along with it. It's like a corkscrew kind of thing. And it's just spinning. Mm-hmm. And all the planets are behind it in this big spinning tail. You could think of it as a, like a super comet. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, in order for the Earth, like planets to maintain their trajectory and not like dip out of spin, not dip out in this big travel around the galaxy, uh, they have to have a certain amount of pitch because it, things change depending on the position of the orbit of the sun around the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And some people think that this is like part of the compensated compensative tilt in order to sort of maintain it. And it just evolves naturally. I don't know. 
Exactly, because yeah, I don't have. A I spaceship. mean, it would make sense because <laughs> I, I most of the other planets are off tilt as well. Jupiter's off tilt. Um, I'm not <clears throat> sure about Mars, but Jupiter's definitely off tilt. Saturn is off tilt. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure they all are, and yeah. they all need to be. Yeah, and some more than others, but as you go out, it seems like the tilt kind of varies as well. Well, every every magnitude of distance further from the sun, right? Yeah. So, like, as the planets get further from the sun, the behavior is going to be slightly different because the relationship of the forces is different. Right. Uh, um, and, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever, you know, going back to uh, Hitler, okay, before we yeah. get into Antarctica, um, did you ever, have you ever followed his pursuit for the Spear of Destiny? Uh, not specifically the Spear of Destiny, but I do know that he was very interested in the esoteric teaching and the Bible, Old Testament, and trying to uh, you know, find the Ark of the Covenant and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And he was, took all that stuff seriously and was into ancient technology, the idea of ancient technology, mm-hmm. and believed very, very well. So the Indian, like India Indians, and their ideas of the Vermanas, I think, mm-hmm. was the name, which were or these flying car, this heightened society with flying vehicles and all this kind of stuff. Um, to the big collapse of civilization. Uh, mm. That is potentially this comet impact. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, Hitler was very interested. Hitler and the, like, the Nazi movement was very interested in these like, hyper esoteric uh, concepts. And it was their driving force. Well, see, I've read a lot of books that said that Hitler's main, like, his main focus was just getting the Spear of Destiny. And then after he got that, then he left, then he left a lot of the esoteric stuff in the wayside. And other, other people um, kind of picked it up and ran with it. Like, they had... Like he was, like it wasn't like he was actively seeking it. Like he was the Spear of Destiny. Um, right. Like once he obtained the Spear of Destiny, then he just kind of like knew that he could rule the world. So, yeah, a weird Lance. thing is, uh, yeah, the Holy Lance Spear of Destiny. Um, there were actually, I believe, three of them, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that. There was a couple copies well, and copies right. made and no one really knows like if there was a real one like where it would be um, but Hitler wholeheartedly believed he had the Spear of Destiny wholeheartedly because he went right into the museum where he knew it was first act of business and pulled it out wow yeah and so what and before the... him before him who who had it let's see Solomon no. <laughs> uh, King, King, King Solomon? Uh, it was... Um, uh, 
St. Peter's Basilica, the Holy Scepter, Constantinople. Wasn't it Constantine? Constantine the Great had it. Crazy. Yeah, and then it got passed through the Habsburgs. References. So, hypothetically, what is the power that you're granted with the Spear of Destiny? Well, I mean, what they said in uh, when I was studying it in school, they believe that every ruler that, like Constantine um, and a couple other uh, Roman emperors might have ha- actually had it, that, yeah. um, and even some popes that made, like, crazy changes in, like, laws and right. stuff, they also had it, that anyone that had it literally could rule the world like no force could stop them they would just plow through Interesting. i mean granted i mean you know you take it with a grain of salt but i'm just saying like i find it ironic that he made that his driving force to obtain the spear of destiny his first act yeah. of business and then goes yeah. and does a blitzkrieg over through you know yeah. france and just literally runs them over yeah you know what i mean yeah, I, I find it very odd, is what I find it. <laughs> I'm like... There's like, you know, what, the further you go down the <clears throat> hole of science, and the further you go down the hole of religion, both of them equally, not really religion, more uh, hyper-esoteric, uh, historical document yeah. uh, um, that have shaped religious texts. Yeah. Uh, but go like, like going all the way down into the Aramaic and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you, if you go that way, things get really weird. And if you go the same distance in science, things get really weird. And shit just gets really friggin' weird. Yeah. <laughs> no matter which way you go. Yeah. I don't know, we live these lives, you know, we live in apartments and houses, pay our bills and have families and go to our jobs and we really don't have time to actually put ourselves to understanding like what these things are or diving deep. We don't have the resources, time, anything. Uh, And it's difficult to conceptualize because our worldview is, you know, yeah. These things that we do. So, is there anything to it? It's very difficult to well, say just yes think or of, no. Think of the ramifications if that was true, though. Like, the Spear of Destiny and whoever has it can rule the world. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not just once, okay? Like, yeah. not yeah, just yeah. once. I mean, we're, if, if it were just Hitler or whatever, you know, but yeah. he wasn't the first to have the Spear of Destiny. He wasn't the first ruler of the known world. No, there were many before him. Yeah. Who's got it now? Uh, museums. Yeah. yeah so they rule the world. Which, yeah, they. I believe they put it back in the museum. I don't have it. Let me see. I believe they just put it back. Or is is it a copy that's in the museum? That's that's the thing. That's <laughs> yes. the tricky thing. Yeah. See, this one here, I don't know if you got it pulled up, but the one with the gold in the middle is the one yeah. I've always seen. 
Yeah. It's like gold <laughs> right in the middle, and it's like an actual spear-looking thing. That's the one I always seen. That, yeah. That's... But, you know, what... It's interesting with things like that, because really all you got to do is make something look old and maybe slightly special or slightly fancy, and we'll... Indiana Jones, in case. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, man. Don't drink from the Golden Chalice. Find yeah. some old piece of wood. <laughs> 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 and you're like, oh, for sure this has the right story. Uh, <laughs> you know? And what's interesting about a lot of these ideas, like let's say hypothetically uh, the Spirit of Destiny is a true... Is, there is a truth to the Spirit of Destiny. Yeah. Perhaps... It's not a smell or something like that. What was that last thing you were breaking up a little? Yeah, bit. yeah, cut out right when you're like, it's not yeah. a, <laughs> a riddle. Per oh, riddle. Perhaps it's not a spear at all. It's a riddle, or it's a idea, or it is a completely different device. Yeah. Uh, it may not even be a device at all. It may just be a metaphor. Yeah. Uh, and but perhaps that metaphor leads to an incredible amount of knowledge um, or an enlightened experience of some sort. Yeah. I don't know, like, I don't have, I've, none of us have the ability to know any different, even if different is available uh, at the moment anyway. So, uh, <laughs> unless you're, I love the top. Unless you're a great cat burglar and can break into the, to the museum and yeah, steal yeah, yeah. it. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then but like, it's probably what, a replica. So, yeah. Yeah. So you get the Spirit Destiny. How do you test it? Do you I, like go out and just start <laughs> trying? To I'm wondering. Like, did you ever see that movie Constantine? Like, did you ever see that movie? I did. Once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, that's with uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Keanu, right? Yeah. yeah. Like anybody that Keanu touches Reeves. it, like has like crazy, like you know, whatever powers. <laughs> Yeah. So is it like that? Like you just like pick it up and you can like It's a conduit. <laughs> yeah. It's a a conduit. car can like car can hit you, but it won't like hurt you, it'll just smash all around you. <laughs> I mean it sounds like it'd be a great movie. It sounds like it would be a good time. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I'll sign up for that. Like, yeah. But uh yeah, I don't know. All right, Matt. What's our next yeah. word? What's our next word? Oh um, shit! Uh, I I just turned my screen off. I gotta pull it back up. Let me see what other words Sound I have. My baby monitor oh, was no, feeding no. back in the mic. Oh. Uh, get. I don't have another one ready. I mean, I do. It's blah. Give me pull pull one up on your um on your uh on mine generator. Yeah, and then I'll type it in, but I won't look at the meaning, and I'll try to. Guess. Because mm. society, uh, society. Uh, okay, let me. I'm not gonna type it in yet. Um, society would be. Now I'm trying to think of how to word it. See if you can see that little guy. Yeah, I kind of can't. Oh, yeah, oh, he's wow. sleeping. <laughs> uh, a society is is. He's a guy uh, got blankets all tucked around him. Yeah, he's got little blankets tucked yeah. around him. Chilling. Well, I, I think society he's has... He's like 20 feet behind me. Is he? Oh, wow. yeah. oh is, is that the crib I see right on the... Yeah. 
On the side of the stairs? Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's good. He just chills. He's alright. He sleeps pretty oh. hard. That's amazing. So he's about six five months. or six months now, almost? Yeah, yeah, he'll sleep until about five o'clock in the morning, and then he wakes up. Oh, Dude, Autumn sleeps like ten hours a night now. I Yeah, I know. Awesome. It'll happen. It'll happen soon. It took so. forever. <laughs> All right, um, so, society. so society, I know it has not just to do with people, like, but it's also almost a way that people think and act and expect things. So like social acceptance or, you know, that all has derives from the same word of society. But I, I'm, I'm not good at putting a sentence to a definition. I'm, I'm that's, not not really my brain. that's not how my brain works, but mm-hmm. I can kind of talk through the idea a little better. So I think it's more than just a group of people in a certain area. You know, that so I think in it's like more a community. of right, a community is could be, I think, is a little that's more of a community. But I think society is almost like uh, a way that people have ex- expectations. Like, for instance, um, table etiquette or whatever. I think that's all. That that kind of is something to do with society. Maybe not right now, but at some point, table etiquette was a thing. So would it um, be like how members of a community interact with one another? Yeah, but I feel like there's something else. I think there's like an expectation too, almost like an, I expect so, uh, a certain behavior or non-behavior from o- other people around me in, in a way, I think. I don't know if I'm describing that right. Okay. Uh, okay, so let's let's look it up. So, say, so, say. I'm curious, like, what the big distinction between a tribal organization and a social organization would be. Mm. Uh, I think society would be like tribal, but with some sort of industry and commerce built into it. Oh, that might be. That might be. Let's see what it says here. Um, the union of a number of rational beings or a number of persons united either for a temporary or permanent purpose thus for or thus the the inhabitants of a state or a city or of a city um, constitutes a society having common interests and hence it is called a community in a more enlarged sense uh, the whole race or family of men is a society called the human society the true and uh, natural foundation of society and are the wants and fears of individuals. That's number one. Number two, that was kind of a long one. But number two says, any number of persons associated for a particular purpose, whether incorporated by law or only united by articles of agreement, um, a fraternity, thus we have... Bible societies for various objects, societies for uh, mechanics, and um, leaned society, leaned L E A N E D, leaned societies, societies for encouraging arts. So that that's the first two. There's uh, that one, there's like seven different kind of de- definitions, and they're all they kind of all kind of follow follow that. So we I think we probably went a little overboard on our. 
definition, but it is still pretty close. I like it. Yeah. Um, do you want to throw a word at us, Scott? Do I want to throw a word out? Yeah, throw a word out. Totalitarian. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. Total. Wow. <laughs> oh, T. Man, I can't write. I can't text. Total. Totality. That's not what I was trying to write. I feel like it's going to be one of those, like, dictator. Yeah, it's just totalitarian. Like, yeah, it's total, actually the total, uh, the total control of a body of people. You know, people. Well, yeah. it, it looks like it's not in the 1828 dictionary, so they th- that might be a newer word that was coined more recently. Um, I could probably put in dictator, dick, t, dictator. Yeah, dictators in here. Let's see if to, I mean, totalitarian wouldn't be under that, but one who dictates, one who uh, prescribes rule and max and and maxims for the directions of others. Uh, one invested with absolute authority. In ancient Rome, a magistrate created. Um, in times of exigence and distress and invested with unlimited power, he remained in office six months. So I guess di- di- to dictators go back to Rome. But it didn't say who, it just says in Rome. Um, yeah, I don't know, that's a totalitarian total control over the people. Caligula. What is the? uh, I always wonder, like, what is the motivation for a person to control everyone? Yeah, I don't know. Why? Like, (laughs) that's that's why I brung up Caligula because he definitely had that. I. I mean, he had like weird interests though because he was like a crazy sex freak, you know. Right. Um, and he was like, his whole life was built on pleasure and pleasure seeking, you know, but then I think it moved out from, because there was still partial Republic then. And I think he, um, wasn't it with him? I'm trying to remember because they all kind of jumbled together to me. Um, yeah, I don't, I remember, <laughs> asking, I remember don't ask me, when, buddy. It, when Caligula, when Caligula, Caligula comes up. I remember he was the pleasure-seeking one that went like overboard. Yeah. And then I think it was so, because his that family been around was murdered. Fall. Yeah, I think it was because his family was murdered. And then oh, and he had a head injury. He had a head injury, wow. and then all of a sudden he went crazy because of the head injury, hmm. and uh, like started like offing people. Wow, interesting. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Caligula. Let's look it up. My Roman history is a little rusty. <laughs> Mine is too. Yes. I don't really know that much about it. Would help if I could also. I probably have basic knowledge on, on Roman history, if even that. Pretty sure it was Caligula that had the head injury. Like, wasn't he, uh, 
didn't he go out and actually do gladiator events? Like where he would get right. in the into the Coliseum himself? Yeah. So almost like how in the movie Gladiator, uh, what I can't remember his name, but the character played the by Joaquin Phoenix gets personal care of Tiberius. Tiberius was before, and Tiberius, Tiberius? escaped to. I know that. Yeah, Tiberius. He basically for the last couple of years of his reign moved to Capri. <clears throat> um, I forgot about Tiberius, but yeah, he fled to Capri, and he was a pleasure seeker too. Oh, okay. Romans. I mean, yes. aren't they all? No, and actually, oh, some, of really? just, yeah, some of them were just some of them were maniacal. Dudes. Well, I wouldn't say they were regular dudes, but they were definitely regular dudes, just <laughs> ruling the world from Rome. <laughs> so interesting. Western expansion, yeah, uh, divinity. Yeah, go ahead. So Rome, there's a. a, a connection between Rome and Germany Mm -hmm. and like the German uh, there's a certain like the German culture originally goes back to Rome but there's a split in Roman culture where it's like part of it is more the German side and another part of it is more the Latin and Spanish kind of side from what I understand but I don't you know it's very difficult to to get to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Germanic people go back to Rome. Uh, well, I remember Rome was constantly warring with the Germanic. Kind of taking over. Right. Maybe they just took them over and that's the relationship. Yeah. Um, I think at one point they did. Uh, was it Julius Caesar that was constantly having problems? And Marcus Aurelius. I think Marcus Aurelius is the one that actually defeated them. Right. Um, the Germanians. But then again, I don't remember him actually full out... Def- yeah, he did defeat him. Julius Caesar beat him too. Um, but th- dude, those guys were crazy smart though. Yeah. yeah. Those guys were crazy smart. Man, like, some of the stuff they did was so, like, ridiculously stupid, you know? Like, uh, they need to cross a river, and they need to get their entire army across a river. Like, a raging river. So, you're talking, like, a river that is like the Detroit River. And they just go ahead and build build an entire bridge across it in, like, one night, take their army across. That's, wow. the kind of, that's the kind of stuff Julius Caesar did. You know, he's like, nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to get my army over there. Then we're going to kick your butt, and then I'm going to come back. <laughs> yeah. And I'll take the bridge down on my way back, too. Yeah, they're like, stupid. Yeah. stupid. That's stupid smart, you know? Like, what? Yeah. Like, ridiculous. Yeah. You got to think, like, you know, if you were a somewhat privileged person, like if you grew up in royalty or even close to royalty in that time, there yeah. were no distractions, right? Yeah. So if you if you were like, I'm gonna learn math, uh, you were all in with math. There was no radio, there was no TV, there was no video games, there was no nothing. Yeah. Your whole pastime, your whole life is math. Right. And so. There was a lot of uh, 
like a lot of brute force innovation because you know they would do these things where they would go out and try and conquer places or go out and try and war with people uh but their smarts i think they came by honestly because they just had no distraction well how about how about the coliseum okay yeah the coliseum listen in one day they can flood the coliseum okay yeah they'll flood the entire coliseum to where they can have like boat wars like shooting fire arrows at each other okay but then they drain out the water and an hour later fight and have a fight in the middle of the arena on dry ground (laughs) yeah they're they had to have some kind of ancient technology the aqueducts man that they had were unbelievable they had plumbing indoor plumbing they had uh you know a lot of times they would have heated like bathtubs and stuff that they would bring yeah. out from the springs in the ground. Yeah. It was it was really 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 stupid how much sophistication that they had. You know. They had it yeah. figured out. I remember reading that stuff and I was like, really? Like I've seen <laughs> pictures of the of the Coliseum. Imagine flooding the entire Coliseum. Yeah. To where you can put a boat in there and have wars with each other. Not only put a boat in there, you have to get the boat in there, and then you have to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole time, and so then they drain it, and then they have like a gladiator fight, and then they have like tigers come out and like attack yeah. people. Yeah. Like. <laughs> bag, bag of popcorn. Dude, popcorn. I would be all about yeah. this. This sounds like yeah. awesome. This is like mm-hmm. American Gladiator on crack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All out. All out. <laughs> Amazing. It's yeah, like we're, the, the running man, like back in the seven, like seven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny you kind of bring that up because uh, we're actually watching Spartacus. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. I, I, I've the first, seen the first. The first uh, series? I've seen. Yeah, I've seen the first two when there's four all together and we're on the second second one. I've just never seen the third or fourth, so we just started to start from the beginning and we're on the second season now. Uh, so I like the first season. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. The first one's good. For the second season's uh second season's a prequel for anybody. Yeah. And then I I might have seen a little bit of season three at some point, but I don't remember. But um yeah, it's. I think the, if I remember correctly, they, uh, they they ended up doing a prequel for the second season because the actor who played uh, Spartacus, uh, yeah, apparently he had like cancer and didn't tell anybody, and um, uh, he died, and then they had to, they had to cast another you know actor for, for like the third season or whatever. But I guess in the meantime they were like, well, let's just write a prequel or whatever and make it about, um, kind of other characters in the show um before sparta just gets you know you know to where he's at in the first season um and then i think on season three they come back with spartacus again but i in the actor looks almost exactly like the other guy if i remember correctly um but i just that's kind of me going off memory um i don't remember everything but yeah, yeah. but yeah, know, it's a it's a decent show, you know. It, it, it's funny because I thought they were kind of going overboard with a lot of the sex stuff in the show, but now that I'm kind of looking uh, at some some stuff in history, I don't think it's that far. I think it's 
It's um, not far-fetched. Right. At the, the same the time, thing... you're just desensitized. Right, yeah, yeah. It's It does desensitize a little bit. Have well, you, you know, seen the, the first season, Scott? No, no, no. I've heard about it. Holy it's crap, pretty, dude. Like, it is like, wow. It is, yeah. 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 It's like um, out of control. <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty... It's definitely not child appropriate no at all no not at all not yes, if you have all. nieces or nephews or children around i wouldn't yeah. recommend letting them watch the show <laughs> um but yeah i think i think some of the over the top i and again i like this came out on stars years ago and i thought oh you know stars is just trying to get away with you know nudity and sex you know to kind of get views but i think uh, that's probably how it might have been in, i think it's in one some of, the, of those times i think it's probably one of the closest yeah. for that right that any um, show is produced the one thing i don't think is accurate is they say the word fuck a lot and i don't think well, that's yeah. not a, that's and they a, all that's run not. around with british accents too right right yeah. right but um <laughs> um they they do say things that I think are kind of funny. They're like, "Oh, Jupiter's cock," mm-hmm. and I feel like that would be an appropriate, uh, like, cuss word, if you will, for like that era. Like, "Oh, Jupiter's cock," you know, that kind of makes sense. But like, right. like some of the swear words, like, "Dude, come on," that word probably didn't exist until a hundred years ago. But other than that, I, mean, I feel like there's probably some historical accuracy in in how they depict, you know, that sort of time. Right. They, well, those yeah, actors are kind of like. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, they, you gotta bring the modern audience. Yeah. Right. So that's. I think that's where a lot of that. If it's yeah. too historically accurate, you lose. You might lose people. people. Yeah, that's that's probably true. I mean, there's people that do appreciate that, but then the general kind of person that watches well, and, TV and, and movies, they might not. They might be like, I don't get it. Well, so, yeah, most of those actors, I see them as, like, Renaissance Festival actors anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the, like one... the ones that wear the pirate get-ups and they're like, yeah. <laughs> oh, shiver me timbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a lot. And I think the show is actually filmed in, like, New Zealand. So, like, um, some of the actors are, like, you know, Australian or New Zealand. Yeah. But the yeah. one main character... That plays like the, the the owner that owns all the slaves that are the gladiators. He's like British. He's the guy from like uh, the Mummy. He was the brother, I think, in the Mummy. Hmm. You know, kind of the the quivering yeah, kind yeah. of oh dizzy, yeah yeah uh, whatever brother. And he's like totally the opposite of that character from the Mummy. Yeah. He's like this raging. He just wants power, and uh, I don't know. it's an interesting show. It's an interesting show for sure. Get into it. It sounds yeah. up my alley. Yeah, there's lots of blood and, and gore too. So. I dig on I dig on history shows. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I really do. I get lost in them though. Yeah, that's the only thing. It's like getting stuck in a binge, you know, where you just because you can watch them over and over and over, you can just go one to the next to the next. Yeah. You often do, and then. If you have stuff to do, but you're like, oh, just one more, one more episode. Yeah, I got 30, I got 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I can make it on time. Dude, it's only four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we yeah, can yeah. do one. Dude, my wife and I do that all the time. We can, we can do one more. One more. One more. One more. One more. And, uh, no, let's go to bed. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, that's the thing I always <laughs> like. I'm worried about because I, you know, I try to do all this stuff, uh, which, you know, I work a job just like most people, and yeah. uh, when you come home, yeah, you could. It's already bad enough. I watch so much YouTube. Yeah. And that's very similar. You can just keep going for miles. Freaking autoplay. Dude, I heard a statistic the other day that something like 300 hours of content is uploaded per day. Or more. Wow. Yeah, every every minute or every second. Or may, Yeah, maybe it was that. It, it was... Yeah. It's in, it, There's no way anybody can watch everything on YouTube. Where's that bank that they're holding all that? Like... Right. Oh, uh... Because so, that, that has to go somewhere. Yeah, so Google has server farms all around the world. Uh, I've been to one of the ones that is here in Toronto. Really? Pretty big one for Canada. It's called it's called Pier One, and it's just some of it. You know, they have farms. Oh, sorry. Uh, and they like it's so expansive that when they'll have entire arrays of servers go down and fully fail and they just don't even care they're just like whatever we'll we'll get around to changing those out one day we'll just add some more over here and it's like server farms server farms and it's weird when you go into these rooms because you can smell the silicon and the there there are so many servers from floor to ceiling as far as you can see down these long aisles and you can't hear like if we're standing let's say three to four feet apart, most likely we will not be able to hear each other because just the amount of machine noise. Wow. You would think that would be, that would have to have a massive draw of power, right? I mean, just those farms, I mean, they gotta be producing like tons of power to keep those alive, keep them running. Yeah, well, they have, they have their own dedicated like main oh. lines, yeah. It's not just on, and they also have uh, backups. So they have gasoline or kerosene uh, backup generating. Wow. For when things go down. <laughs> yeah, and it's like here in Toronto, we've had numerous in the last like 20 years. We've had numerous occasions where the power has been out for many days. Um, Ooh, that sucks. Yeah, so it's like a really oh. big, big city that's growing super fast, and uh, you know the power is just not necessarily always available. So here's a question for you: We were talking about this, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago. Um, do you remember that blackout in 2003? Did that affect Toronto? Yeah, I know we looked it up, and I, I just don't yeah, I was without power for five days. Yeah, that's that's what sounds about right. Yeah, that was about three. I don't remember exactly how many days, but it was a little shy of a week for where we were at in Detroit as well. Yeah. Well, it depends yeah. on I guess it depends on where, but we did kind of a whole episode about that, and uh, uh, that was that was interesting. That was just remember, out of nowhere. Do you remember it was Denzel Washington? He's was that the, the episode? That, he's the one that caused it. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right in the movie. <laughs> There's a movie he was in where uh, he witnesses like a terrorist attack, and he wants to, uh, like, 
he deja vu yeah said, uh, the movie vu. deja vu yeah he's approached by these government guys and it turns out they have a time machine and one of the references so they put him in this thing he's not supposed to travel back in time he's supposed to send a letter but he convinces one of the other guys to send him him back and right. one of the references they make was the uh, the brownout that we all yeah that we all went through that anytime you send someone back in time you cause a massive power failure and yeah and that's what causes the blackout <laughs> oh come on denzel that's a good one uh denzel he's the one that caused the brown the blackout yeah <laughs> what a jerk <laughs> Dude, I had to shower in cold oh, showers for a week amazing. because of him. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Ah. Sweet. All right. Dude, well, dude. listen, I... Uh, yeah, I was I, just going to say, we should probably wrap this up. I think we should. Um, yeah, I think I'm we're at... my daughter awake. Yeah, I'm pretty... I'm getting pretty tired myself, boys. I'm not really tired, but I'm keeping my daughter awake. My wife, I could just hear my wife walked in... So. Well, I've been up since five this morning, I think. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a I, long day, man. My eyes are having a hard time staying awake. Oh, by the way, happy Father's Day to oh, everybody. Thank you. Happy Even Father's if you're not a father. Day. Thank you. Yeah. To you, too, I'm man. I'm not a father, but. Well, you are of many fathers. wonderful guitars behind you, so. <laughs> 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 yes. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you have any last words, Scott? He knows. You have any last words you want to say? Uh, uh, it's freezing up. Oh, just that it's been really fun, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Like, what's been interesting is we've covered a lot of ground about all the stuff that makes the world go round. Yeah, uh, literally. The, and may and maybe a lot of things. Yeah, literally. <laughs> And maybe a lot of people don't want to consider. Yeah. Uh, and even if things that may, even if things are untrue, like let's say we're talking about conspiracy here. Uh, even if they are untrue, maybe there's still uh, some interesting inspiration or perspective. That can be so I, I appreciate that stuff. And I think it's a good thing for people's minds to flex your mental muscle. Yeah, I agree. Go I agree. down the rabbit hole. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. Look up weird stuff. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Look up as much weird stuff as you can find. But you know? maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. It might not be true. Maybe. Yeah. Like I'm constantly reading articles that I'm like I don't know. I'm I, like I almost feel like I'm putting together puzzles. Like the thing with the the serial killer thing that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that was something I I haven't thought about since I was a kid. And yeah. all of a sudden, someone brought it up. I looked it up, started researching it, and found out. And was like, oh my yeah. gosh, I remember that. You know. And then yeah. one thing led to another, and I found out the other murders that happened there. And what are the odds of that? Just random things. That'll probably never amount to. It'll never amount to anything, but you yeah. know, it, it was. I, I don't want to say it was fun to look up because it was tragic, but at the same time, it was. But it was interesting. It was interesting, and you know what? Well, For that brief time, that while it's in my head, 
the the victims are remembered. So, yep. and that's True. that's really an important thing in those kinds of cases. Somebody's remembering, you know. Mm-hmm. Somebody that wrote that article, I read it, so someone remembered, you know. Yeah. Someone remembered, and you know, take these types of topics seriously, uh, and keep them. Keep an ear out and an eye out for... Creeps that walk in a freaking park after hours. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, maybe it's all good, but maybe it's not all good. Stay clear of parks after dark. That's all I'm going to say. In Milford, Michigan. (laughs) Yeah. Funny. Like, here in Toronto, right now, I can guarantee there's, like, a huge park just to the west of me. And... For sure, there it is probably full of people all drinking king cans on their own blow-up lawn furniture. Nice, really? And it's like it's a total party, yeah. And like Toronto parks have kind of evolved into this just free and open party that everyone goes to. And as soon as the weather gets warm, they just fill up and they just stay full. Uh, oh wow! Because people don't have yards, right? Yeah. <laughs> pretty dense city mm. and thankfully our our law enforcement is pretty chill like if you're not doing anything terrible they're not going to bother you it's only they're only interested in people who are doing actually terrible things yeah. right um and the cops will go and make sure that everything's safe yeah you know no one gets busted or anything but um but yeah so parks here very different than parks in detroit oh yeah <laughs> that uh, you, you can go to the park at night and probably make make friends, you know, and they might well, they might give you beers. You can do that here, but the friendship is very short term. <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that, but <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe it depends. Maybe you got to go do some actual research. Well, and you field. know. You know, the the whole ling- longevity of the relationship is really dependent on who is there. So right. the ser- is the serial killer is going to be friends with you for the rest of his natural life. Your life. His life. <laughs> <laughs> but your friendship with him is going to be very short-lived. <laughs> very short. Wow. These are some truths that I've never contemplated. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about <laughs> that. Yeah. Wow. Well, Matt, you got any last words? Uh, hey, thanks, thanks, Scott, for hanging out with us. Yeah, uh, thank definitely, you. you're invited yeah. anytime. Anytime, brother. Uh, anytime. If, is do you want to plug anything? Your music or? Uh, yeah. By the way, he Scott let us is letting us use. I'm, I'm not really that music. guy. Oh, okay. Scott's letting us use the music or his music for this episode and the previous episode he was on. Uh, so whatever music you're hearing underneath us talking and at the beginning of the episode, that's that's all Scott Bunn. Uh, so if you dig it, uh, check out Foreigns. Uh, I use Spotify, but wherever you listen to music, um, it's cool. It's chill. It's heavy, but it's chill. Uh, that's Is there a I way feel. to drop a link to Matt? Uh, I'll do. I'll put a Spotify link in the descriptions, and if I can figure out how to do any other links i'll i'll do i'll put links for for everything i'll put links to your youtube channel as well and to the face 
can I do one for the Facebook group? I don't even know how that works. Yeah, you can just use baritoneobsessed.com. I have a URL that redirects there. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so I'll do that. And then if anybody is a guitar player and you like tuning low and you want or have a baritone, um, yeah, that link will be in the descriptions for this episode so you can come join the cool, awesome baritone community. And like I said, people are super awesome and show there. Super willing to help oh, you out with whatever so awesome. problems you have. <laughs> and a lot of them, I think everyone there is a better guitar player than me. I'm probably the least best guitar player. <laughs> I well, don't, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Well, and go check out the bun uh, on YouTube as well. That's- yeah. Th- and uh, let me say thanks to Kenny too, because Kenny's the one who I think originally sent me for your channel. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, like I said, ever since. I saw the first video, whatever link he sent me, I was immediately immediately hooked. And I saw, I used to get kind of like anxious that you only put out like maybe one video a month. Is that about right? About a month? About that, yeah. But now it's almost like it's cool. Like gives me something to anticipate for like the whole month. <laughs> and I, dude, I swear for a, a, quite a while, I, I watch them. As soon as I see the notification, I usually watch them right away for the most part. Amazing. Yeah. You. Yeah, so yeah, that's it, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Campfire Conversationalist podcast, and that's it. Have a good one. All right. Awesome.